the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Streetwise Theology Out of the Ivory Tower and Back into the Hands of the Invisible Church Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology. My name is Luke Saint. Today we're going to be tacking the Towers of Pietism by looking at a myth that has been perpetuated, I would argue, for the past couple hundred years. Now, first, let me start off by saying that it is uh, no small matter that my siblings and I were given the freedoms that we enjoyed growing up. Both sets of grandparents raised my parents in such a way that all secular music was shunned and viewed as taboo. This trickled down to my upbringing to the degree that even Christian music that was deemed too quote-unquote rocky was banned in the household. My mom and dad outlawed all secular music and music that was viewed as too edgy or rambunctious for our little ears. I guess the concern was for our fragile and untested psyches. As we got into our tweens and early teens, however, this changed. I'm not sure if it was punctuated equilibrium or small changes over time, but I think we snuck through the back door with country music. In first and second grade, my brother and I were forced to endure hours of Trisha Yearwood, Garth Brooks, Tim McGraw, and Alan Jackson as we rode the bus to our little Christian school. The tunes I still remember to this day, and many of them frequent my iTunes, frankly. I suspect that we informed our mom of this, and she tolerated it because she never said anything to our bus driver about it. My bus driver played country music every single day. The result was that country music became a tolerated presence on our radios. From there, it was heavy Christian music like Skillet, P.O.D., Pillar, and Toby Mac. My dad, being a huge critic of the Christian music scene, often pointed out how shallow the lyrics were. Many a long talk was had about Jesus was still all right with me by DC Talk and Breakfast by the Newsboys. As the ridicule of these kiddie pool themes and pop Christian poems increased, so did our own independent criticisms grow. After that, it was just math. If these Christian lyrics were so bad and borderline secular, then what was wrong with just listening to secular music itself? My dad himself spearheaded this with his praise of Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash, both who wrote secular and Christian lyrics throughout their career. My dad would roll his eyes and scoff at the artists that I listened to, such as Reliant K and Jars of Clay, but would draw out positive theological and philosophical themes from The Who and Simon and Garfunkel. Thus, secular music became a science to be studied, debated, and I dare say enjoyed. Suddenly, Blink-182, Weird Al, Limp Bizkit, Sum 41, Linkin Park, Will Smith, Eminem and Goo Goo Dolls, and Rage Against the Machine all became fair game. Hundreds of genres started dotting the St. Felmy's landscape as the iPod generation soaked in every corner of the musical spectrum we could get our USBs on. All of this was monitored by our mom, of course, and the term devil music was thrown around on more than one occasion. Lyrics with cussing and screamo were still outlawed officially. But our parents saw that we were handling it maturely, just as they had taught us to, so we carried on. Now, I'm not going to justify heavy music because we all quote-unquote turned out okay. These things cannot be redeemed because of experience. The scriptures are the reason we all have music in the first place, and without them, we don't have devil music at all. What has historically been called quote-unquote devil music is a contradiction of terms. If it were up to the devil, there would be no music at all. Our forefathers who named it so applied a pietistic man-made standard on man taking dominion over the guitar, drums, vocals, and keyboards and magically called the sounds evil. There is no evil sound any more than there is an evil creature. There are ugly sounds, to be sure, just like there are ugly smells. Is a fart inherently evil? Bats and 99% of bugs are ugly to look at. Are they evil? 
I hate olives. Are they wicked because they don't please my senses? Is it wrong to work out my body because it, it is painful after I'm done? To create a new standard out of thin air and apply it to all of life is wickedness. There is no sound that is inherently evil. To label a genre of music, quote-unquote, devil music, is like saying that there are, quote-unquote, devil animals or, quote-unquote, devil smells. More right after this. Are you interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? The GCS Apprenticeship Program can help. Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. Now, let me say a few words about satanic bands and their songs. Do they blaspheme? Yes. Do they worship Satan? Yes. Do they profane God? Absolutely. There is no argument. They are displeasing to the Lord. But here's the thing. They must employ God's gift of music, order, and structure to curse his name. As I said before, if it were up to Satan, there would be no music at all. I don't even know if he is pleased by these satanic bands in the first place. There are many, many musical people who sit down and discuss metal music and its subgenres in a way that is akin to historians discussing the Battle of Waterloo or theologians discussing theology. I mean, if we're going to talk about devil music, we have to talk about metal, its most pervasive form. There are arguments, applications, complex structures that reflect reality, purposes, to say nothing of the profound musical theory employed in metal music that pioneers, calms, energizes, and baffles its listeners. I see many college graduates who are music majors immediately take an interest in metal music because of its application of complex musical theory and structure. Many ties have been made between it and classical music. There are similar time signatures, scales, and language that can only be picked up from a trained ear. I dare say that much of the music of the 17th, 18th, and 19th centuries lives on in metal. Seriously, a perfunctory look in metal music and its subgenres reveals an underworld of musical study. Is it as pleasing or complicated as the greatest music of yore? No, of course not. But it is an inevitable result of that heritage. After Bach, Mozart, and Beethoven, metal was just a matter of time. Does that mean everyone should listen to it? No. There is, no, uh, there is much that we should not listen to. But it is not the style of music that is wicked. It is the lyrics used in it that makes or breaks a song. Take a look at cultures controlled by Satan, societies where he is worshipped. Do you see an increase in music? Do you see it flourishing? The answer to these is no. In fact, societies or cultures that were left untouched by Christendom saw a massive decrease in music, and some had none at all, though they had all descended from cultures that did have music. In a godly society, you inevitably see an increase in musical genres and subgenres, because at the end of the day, dominion and variety go hand in hand. The only quote-unquote music that I am willing to entertain as devil music are those noises which seek to counteract the structure, harmony, and purpose inherent in music. In 1952, John Cage, a composer, created, if you will, a piece called 433. It is simply four minutes and 33 seconds of silence where the orchestra does nothing. Their purpose was to get the listeners to sit in silence and reflect on it for nearly five minutes. Wikipedia says, quote, The musicologist Richard Taruskin has argued that 433 is an example of automatism. Since the Romantic era, composers have been striving to produce music that could be separated from any social connections, transcending the boundaries of time and space. In automatism, composers wish to completely remove both the composers and the artists from the process of creation. This is motivated by the belief 
that what we think of as self-expression is really just an infusion of the art with the social standards that we have been subjected to since birth. Therefore, the only way to achieve truth is to remove the artist from the process of creation, unquote. This is so pagan that even Santa Claus blushes with shame. Remove the artist from creation? That sounds like a construct of the devil to me. To do away with creation, art, purpose, harmony, and structure for the sake of quote-unquote truth? Yeah, the devil has got his hand in here somewhere. I'd rather listen to Polka for an hour. But even this attempt at truth is not inherently sinful. It's foolish, but not sinful. Friends, music is order. It's beyond order. It's harmony. No order means no music. God's word brings and establishes order in every area of life. Without the Bible and the Holy Spirit, we just simply do not have metal music or any music. Some music is created to sound like chaos, but a closer look reveals a man behind the curtain, even in that scenario. There is no such thing as devil music because, again, if it were up to the devil, there would be no music at all. Thanks for listening, my friends. Be strong and courageous. Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology, brought to you by the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society and Reconstructionist Radio. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com and thinkandreform.org. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.